eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Welcome back. Welcome in. This is Country Roads Confidential at earsports.com. We are part of the Paramount Podcast Network. I am Mike Assassin getting ready to preview that which is maybe unpreviewable. I'll explain that which is inexplainable in a second. But to help me out, Chris Anderson. Chris, welcome in. What I was trying to say there was we're going to talk about a Big 12 media day gathering that's going to ask a lot of questions that just can't be answered. And we'll talk a bit about the 2022 Big 12 season that I really think is going to be hard to predict just because if you saw the results of preseason all-conference and the preseason poll, I think a lot of people expect this to be very much an up-in-the-air, play-it-till-it-finish kind of season. Yeah, absolutely. You look at that that preseason poll, and what do you got? What five was it? Five teams that had a first place vote: um, Baylor, Oklahoma, Oklahoma State, all within twenty points of each other, which is is, is extremely tight for those curious. Um, and you know, you look at years past, and usually, typically, I mean, even last year, I think was was a, what thirty five of thirty nine votes went to Oklahoma for first. Mm-hmm. Go back before that, and it's it's similar kind of situation. I mean, I can't remember. As I, I did get a laugh, by the way, of I because I, I think I got cut after the 2020 year. Not to get off on a sidetrack here, but when I was looking up because I the talking about the how many teams got first place votes, and you know, 17, 12, 9, 2, 1, and I was like, man, how many how many points did a typical first place team get? in this preseason poll. So going back, it's pretty similar last year. You know, it was 35 and four. And then you go back to 2020, 80 votes, first place votes for Oklahoma uh, out of 90 total votes from the media back in 2020. So they uh, pared the list down quite a bit uh, after 2020, apparently. Uh, I think that might've been the last year I had a vote. And that's where you're at. Like, I, I think, but my point being, this is the most spread out that those first place votes were when I go back and look, because it's typically, uh, again, 2021 was 35 out of 39 was Oklahoma. And then the year before that, 80 out of 90 and and keep going like that. It's similar numbers like that. Usually only two, maybe three teams with the vast majority going for one team this year. Who knows? Yeah, I was going to I was going to maybe start with the part about how we're going to be trying to answer the stuff we can't answer and, and what to expect from the big 12 media days when Brett, your Mark actually speaks and the things that he'll be asked. Let's, let's save that to the finish because 
I kind of gave it away right there. We don't really know a whole lot about it. So why the heck are we talk about it? Let's talk about the preseason poll maybe first, but also the all conference teams here. And then and what it means. What you just explained to me is is I think by and large the the summary of what we can expect. I've been when I whenever I write about the Big Twelve season here, preview pieces, if I'm using some of the really good video content we have from our library from Josh Pate or cover three with Tom Fornelli, Chip Patterson. Um, I linked to one of Pate's things about where he said this is going to be a demolition derby, which means that like everybody's going to be crashing into each other and no one's going to make it out clean and unscathed. Like with, you know, all four doors functioning properly and all four tires rolling perfectly. You're probably going to take some damage here because I mean, you're right that the gap between one and three is really close. Four and five are pretty close. I think six, seven, and eight are pretty close too. Nine and ten are not, but like, I just, I just don't know what's going to keep this from being what we expect, which is kind of a um, a closely contested, surprising Saturdays one after another throughout the fall here. Uh, I just, I, I was curious about maybe your other impressions when you looked at order, point total, sleeper status, surprises. But I, I, I want to say this: once upon a time, I. I kind of opened my mouth and I said I was going to get to the bottom of something. Um, didn't. Got a lot of people mad at me about it. <laughs> uh, less is more. We'll just say that. Um, I'm going to figure out who gave Iowa State the first place vote. <laughs> I'm going to get to the bottom of this one. By God, I don't know how this happened. <laughs> but like 17 first place votes for Baylor, 12 for Oklahoma, 9 for Oklahoma State, 2 for Texas. That might qualify as a surprise. None for Kansas State. That's your top half of the conference. Iowa State got one. So a reporter thought Iowa State was going to win the Big 12. I don't know what happened. Maybe maybe they found a 2021 ballot and put it in there on accident. I don't know. Maybe we should have a recount. But that was very surprising to me. And it, it doesn't really skew the voting a whole lot. It gives them 10 more points than perhaps they should. But um, that stood out to me. And also Texas getting just two when I think – Typically, as happens, Texas won the offseason again, but it did not really reflect in the polling here. I just think the the thing that struck me, and then also because it, it was related to the preseason All-Big 12 team and a lot of the conversations that have centered around this conference all offseason is what's the quarterback situation? I mean, you, I think my love, hate, love, hate, love, hate relationship with Spencer Sanders has been well documented over the last couple of years. But the fact that he was the first team all Big 12, you know, preseason all Big 12 quarterback maybe speaks to what the it's not an issue. I guess maybe it's an issue, whatever you want to say it is or, or why there's such presumed disparity between or parity between the uh teams in this conference because who knows who has what at quarterback everybody has new quarterbacks everybody there's no definitive team there's no team that just has hey we have seen this guy be amazing and he is coming back that team is a favorite and i think that is what you know the big correlation between the two releases this week and and why we're seeing all of that because i asked the question how many quarterbacks and i'll ask you mike i don't think you answered in the thread I wanted how to ask many, you to bring this point up because I think it's really interesting. Yeah, like how many how many quarterbacks out of this 10-team league do you think received a vote, a single vote for preseason All-Big 12? And part two, do you think one of them was JT Daniels? It's, that's a great question. 
I, I would I would like to know. I mean, they're not going to put the balloting out, but how many votes did he get? Would you think four? Right. Yeah. Like I I think it's probably as spread out as the as the team votes. Like you know, it's going to be a handful for him. I'm sure a couple people voted for uh, Spencer Sanders. I'm sure a couple people voted for uh, Ewers, the the Ohio State quarterback down in Texas. And I'm sure a couple people looked at you know, like you have so many guys coming in. Uh, Adrian Martinez is coming in, and if you're excited about what his he could be, then maybe he gets a couple votes, and and on and on down the line. And again, JT Daniels, like, hey, wait a second, are, are, if we're talking, we don't know what who is a known commodity. I think you know Spencer Sanders is the most known commodity in this league at quarterback, and he's still unknown because he's so erratic, so up and down. And, and so if you're gonna go with potential potential why would you not consider the former five-star quarterback who when healthy big caveat there has been excellent by every you know analytical tool out there i I don't know i don't know what the answer is that that's the toughest position i think in the entire conference I when I when I say the voting on the four, I don't mean he got four votes. Obviously, there's I forget what I counted, 39 first place votes. But I wonder if like four quarterbacks got a sizable amount of votes. Let's let's go over this really quickly because I think it's interesting. And remember too, when West Virginia came into the Big 12, 2012, mm-hmm. 2012, 2011, no 2012. Yeah. Um, Geno Smith was the preseason player of the year in the quarterback all conference quarterback. So like, it's not a perfect comparison, but you can be a newcomer and make it here too. Um, I'm not sure that Jalen Daniels gets any votes, although I like him. I'm not sure Hunter Deckers gets any votes. I don't know who's going to be the quarterback at Texas Tech. It could be Tyler Shook. It could be Donovan but They have a true freshman there who they really like. I'm not sure who the quarterback's going to be at TCU. So would you give Max Dugan or Chandler Morris your votes? Not sure. Then you get into something interesting here. Um, Blake Shapin at Baylor. But that's like a new guy, so I'm not sure how you can make it for him. You're not getting up to Adrian Martinez, who was last seen kind of getting um, – I don't want to say booed out of Nebraska, but definitely did not, did not live up to expectations there. Can you give it to yours who's never played? You know, maybe not. And then you get into, is it Daniels? Who's seasoned, accomplished? Is it Dylan Gabriel, who's the preseason newcomer of the year, who is going to be in a good offense and knows the offensive coordinator? Or is it going to be Sanders, who, yeah, maybe he has his warts, I guess, but he's done it here for a while, and of all the options I listed who have experience in the Big 12, he, he probably is the best one. So it does look weird. It might be the right answer. It might be the best bad answer, if that makes any sense. But, like, it says a lot about the conference this year where the quarterback position in a league that has for so long been synonymous with quarterbacks is so murky right now. And that's I don't know if that's entertaining or not. I have no idea what to think about it. Is it going to be high-scoring great football? Probably not. Is it going to be like fun belt action? Maybe. I don't know. But like this, this paints a picture for the season. I just don't know what it is. I don't know if it's like brilliant brushstrokes or if it's like pre-K finger painting. Well, I mean, it is. I think this just hammers the point home uh, that it is a quarterback driven league sport. Um, and when there are unknowns of that position, you're just going to have unknowns about how you per- foresee that team, because I think it, 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 although I guess when you look at that Baylor, the Baylor thing is just, I don't want to say it blows my mind. Surprising. But it's, yeah, I mean, when you have a quarterback, because again, what was it was Bohannon, who was kind of their guy last year, gets beaten out by 
Shapin, Shapin, right? Mm-hmm. That's how you pronounce it. Um, and then so Bohannon leaves, but then it, are you, I guess you're, you're trusting the coaches there that they're going to take the new guy as the new starting quarterback, but there are enough pieces around him that you think that team's going to be excellent. And, and I'm not saying it's wrong. I just was surprised because so typically when you look back at those teams um, or look back at the uh, preseason polls and your preseason teams and everything like that, it's quarterback, quarterback, quarterback. You're, you're focused on who the quarterbacks are. I mean, Oklahoma was the, was the team last year. They had Spencer Rattler. They go back the year before that uh, pre, for the preseason polls and the, and the teams. And it was Oklahoma again, but that was because Rattler was new. But at the same time, he was newcomer of the year because he was a, a freshman. Mm-hmm. And then Ellinger was the preseason pick. And I think Texas got a handful of preseason, you know, uh, preseason picks to win the conference as well. So it's so quarterback driven, except this year, which, again, maybe maybe it does make sense since no one has that definitive standout quarterback that, you know, is going to be dominant this year. Other impressions, apart from Baylor being first place, snapping Oklahoma's six-year run, um, or, or Texas being four. I just Oklahoma and Texas are always going to get favored, and they were two and four. Um, surprising to me, um, Chris. I've, I've been, I told you this offline. I've been doing previews with our Big Twelve sites here um, mm-hmm. when I'm on vacation for you. There is a team that is serving up some Kool Aid that I cannot resist. Can you guess? I mean, it's got to be Texas, right? No. Ooh. Ooh. Uh, credit to Tim. Go Powercat. I'm all in on Kansas State, I think. Oh, no. I don't know what the over-under is. I don't know what the odds are, but he he put me down the rabbit hole, and I went and I looked at it. A lot of it is on the quarterback, but don't forget, they have Will Howard, too, who's been there for a while, and... It's different offenses. It's going to be what Colin Klein wants. They have really good skill position players. They have an offensive line. Their defense is going to be dynamite, too. Um, I would not be surprised if this is a team that's in Dallas. I'm not sure they beat Baylor or Oklahoma or whomever is theirs at the other end, but like I can see this working. The schedule's okay. They have some veteran players and and, and good sides of the ball. Uh, I just, the more I, I don't know if it's, I'm just like wanting to be uh, romanticized by the story here or whatever. But the more I read about this and the more I look at their roster and who they have and what they've done, um, it seems like it's going to be pretty good. By the way, they're recruiting like crazy right now, too. That it's a, it's a really good year for Kansas recruiting. This is how far I've gone down the whole, Chris. Kansas recruiting, thumbs up for me this year. That's going to be a really good year from the Sunflower State. I, I have to ask, have you? do I need to send my condolences to the TCU site? Do I need to tell Jeremy that? You know, your your love affair, your annual love affair with TCU is over. It, I'm always was, wrong about them, so this might be good news for them. <laughs> is, or, 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 or were you just tied to Gary Passion? That's what were you were you a fan of the coach or a, a fan of the team, Mike? That's the question. <laughs> it's uh it's 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 just a different type of purple. That's all. I'll go for that. <laughs> what one reason I think to be so high on Kansas State is the talent. And then if if you had just dropped from the sky here and, and landed in this podcast. And I said to you two minutes ago before I went in this tirade, hey, which of the 10 Big 12 teams had six players on the first team all-conference list? I think you would guess four or five schools before you have guessed the right answer, which is Kansas State. Um, Deuce Vaughn, really good. 
running back weapon. Uh, they bring back Cooper Beebe, offensive lineman, who was first team all conference last season. They're good there. Um, Malik Knowles, punt returner, kick returner. So, yeah, not like a, a true all conference player in the sense that it's a, a quarterback or a cornerback, but that guy's going to play receiver. He's going to make plays too. The defensive player of the year, Felix Anaduke Uzoma. Nice. A tear on the end. Daniel Green, a uh, pretty good linebacker is going to run around. And then back end, Julius Brent's a safety. So I've just rattled off running back, offensive line, special team slash receiver, defensive line, linebacker, defensive back. It, it's just kind of built and against six players, whereas Oklahoma had one, and it's the punter. Does that mean Oklahoma's bad? But no, but like that that struck me as quite a disparity, too. I mean, Oklahoma has as many players on the all-conference team as Kansas. What year is this? Is this the year Kansas uh, bring, comes back to glory, Mike? The return yes. to glory for Kansas? Yes, it's 2007 all over again. It's strange. It's just, a, again, these are preseason lists, and it's a it's a smattering of people who vote across the conference. But hello, listen to six. West Virginia, four. Pretty good. Um, and then not only that, but like it's on the offensive line, Zach Frazier. It's on the defensive line, Dante Stills. And for the longest time, West Virginia's footing was not quite as firm in the trenches. And here you have two of the best five offensive linemen and defensive linemen in the conference. And then I don't know what this says about secondary play in the conference, but like Charles Woods did not play a ton of cornerback last year, did not play a whole lot of football, did play and then concentrated his action toward the end of the season in conference play. But he was a preseason all-conference pick at cornerback. Um, he's one of the five best defensive backs in the conference. I'm not saying that's not accurate, but like that surprised me about the – the quality of secondaries in this conference. And I don't know what that means. Are the quarterbacks going to struggle or will they rise above that? Because we just don't know about the secondaries. I'm telling you, Texas tech, Chris is going to have one of the better secondaries in the big 12, Texas tech. I'll believe it when I see it, Mike. Yeah, right. I'll believe it. <laughs> Anything about the all conference teams that I haven't stolen from you yet. I mean, it's a, there, there are some revelations there for me. Uh, no, you go ahead first then. If you got revelation, cause I, I, I don't want to say I've given up on those polls, but I mean, I didn't think there were any egregious, you know, as far as a WVU. I gave it a WVU centric look. I didn't think there were any egregious like, uh, um, you know, leaving guys out or anything like that. I did. I, I almost wanted to give kudos to all of those who voted for putting Charles Woods on there, because I think that was something that is it's not something you typically see with these preseason polls where no offense to the media folk um, where they, they take a look and say, Hey, this guy didn't play the whole season. He played some of it and he was really good. You know, maybe he didn't have a bunch of counting stats, but he was really good. And if you, you know, extrapolate that out to a full season, he's probably all big 12 and, and, they voted him on there, and I think that's a testament to what he did in that short amount of time. And I think he deserved it. I think I would have voted him for him, but I'm surprised that everyone else did as well. Yeah, and having voted for these before, sometimes you build your list based on who was on the all-conference team last year and who is coming back this year. Mm -hmm. Sure enough, 29 players listed, 28 were first-team, second-team, or honorable mention last year. The exception is Woods. Yeah. So they had to do some work to find him and to see like, all right, who's good. And he was it. and he's a PFF darling. So that might've been it too. So that'll be, that'll be fun to watch here too. Finally, um, just a couple of minutes here and we'll go. West Virginia goes on Wednesday, 
part of the five teams that go, the other five teams go on Thursday. I'm not going to bore you with who goes when because it's it's car wash stuff. You go through and you talk to the players and the coaches. But Brett Yormark will talk his first time as the commissioner speaking out, speaking up about things. Uh, a year ago, um, Bob Bowlesby kind of uh, um, he turned the egg timer upside down in his tenure by saying that expansion doesn't keep him up at night because the motivation isn't there anymore. Here we are a year later, new commissioner him in his place at the dais taking the questions, doing the answers. Do you expect or anticipate anything coming from the new commissioner that will shed some light on what's going to happen with this league? During media days, no. I think he'll come out, he'll say all the right things. Um, I think if there's anything that we've taken from the last couple of years with what's happened with realignment is that the the real stuff, the true groundbreaking, breaking, earth-shattering moves that are made are kept incredibly quiet. Uh, you look at that Texas-Oklahoma uh, decision, what that wasn't, that didn't come out until, until they wanted it out. That didn't come out until they wanted it out. Same with USC and UCLA. That kind of stuff stays under the radar. And so I, every time now when I hear something, uh, that's, oh, you know, hey, Big 12's talking to this school, this school, this school. Is there some truth to it? Probably. But is it that close to being done? Probably not. I think they're doing a much better job nowadays of trying to keep things under the radar with some of these moves. And I'm not sure he's going to come out and say too much or tip his hand too much during this week. Yeah, plans and strategy, that's all stuff that has to stay quiet, I think. But I just I hope that they they put this proactive picture on because – the Big 12 has always been a punchline, uh, but the Big 12 was up first this year. First of all, the conferences to go, not even the Power Five, but first of all, the conferences. And just say, hey, we feel like we're stable. We got our additional teams in. It's better than having to go out and try to fight for teams now um, against other conferences that want teams. What's wrong with the Big 12? Like we have, you know, from Mountain Standard Time to East Coast Time, and, you know, we have all these different TV windows. We have playoff contenders you know this is a good thing it's not what was us how does he style that i don't know we'll see but i'm kind of interested too and then he's going to get drilled on some questions about media rights and what he thinks because and listen he's really good with sponsorships and he's been in the entertainment slash media business for a while so i think it's a it's within his grasp to talk about those things with some detail so um hey first chance first impression it should be something to watch that'll be wednesday morning baylor kansas west virginia kansas state oklahoma state the first day and then for the final time, probably, um, Texas and Oklahoma go on day two. Funny they put those two together. Those are always the most popular when it comes to the reporters, so they typically split them up. But Texas, Oklahoma, Texas Tech, Iowa State, and uh, my Horn Frogs on Thursday. <laughs> Plenty of action on the website. I'll be there live. Chris, you'll be playing goalie for me if anything goes wrong. We'll try to talk from on-site sometime when I'm there. Um, and then I go on vacation again. Again, I did, wasn't the joke that I was the one that was always going on vacation. I don't think I've gone on vacation yet this summer. Until next time, I'm Mike Casaza, and I'm Chris Anderson. We'll talk to you later. Okay, picture this: it's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better 
because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey. 